Did you Today's not turn your phone off? <laughs> I did. I thought I did. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I, I honestly You're thought I did. You told everybody to turn off. And that's why I took it out of my pocket. I thought I did. A walking fire. Is all of this getting recorded? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is, of course. Yeah. Okay, Just everyone knows, Adam, before we started, was like, hey, everyone, turn your phones off. Make your phones off silent. <laughs> I mean, I did turn my phone on silence. I don't know who turned it back on. Oh, really? <laughs> There was yeah. a ghost that walked down. Well, maybe. Huh. Leave me alone, please leave me about living in France as an international student. I'm Shruti. Hi guys, I'm Anne. I'm Raven. Hi, it's Adam. I'm Tiffany. Okay, so today's episode is on French academic culture, its quirks and mundanities and what our experiences have been as like navigating the French educational system as international students in France. So I do have a few questions, but let me begin with this question. What's the biggest shock in terms of academics that you've experienced since you've arrived here? Um okay, I'll start since everyone is looking at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really cannot pinpoint any particular shock, but one thing that I'm still struggling with is the lack of a structured timetable to be honest. You you wake up and you know you have a class tomorrow you know you've, you've planned your life around it and then mm-hmm. you just get a message oh sorry it's cancelled not once not twice but thousand times i mean it's i don't know i'm just not used to it i'm used to a more structured approach where you have a timetable you know uh-huh. the um courses you have within the week mm-hmm. you get up you prepare towards it you show up you do what you're supposed to do and then you have a life but here it's not like that Okay. Does anyone else have any very striking I'm going to say uh that I actually like when they just suddenly cancel classes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't have to go. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go back to bed because I wasn't ready to leave anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> like I'm okay with this. But I do think that this the schedule here is a little bit like different compared to like my undergrad where we did have really set schedules. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the same time every day, it was the same time every week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, having that structure is really important, I feel like, for a student. So, yeah. yeah so regarding the structure, it's also like like when I was in undergrad, I always knew that, okay, Monday I have so-and-so subjects to study for. Tuesday I have so-and-so subjects to study for. So I, I went in prepared. Now, here I keep looking at the calendar to make sure that, you know, do i actually have what i need for that particular yeah i think the dependence on an online calendar that might change at any time is something that's yeah um really been kind yeah. of do you remember that one time that class was changed from 10 to 9:30 and none of us knew about it yeah because nobody yeah. and it was at 10 before so yeah. it's it's just so weird. my basically my life didn't revolve around a google google calendar back home yeah. and uh, it really does at this point what about uh, the content because for me mm-hmm. like it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. like it's i mean in the philippines we have a very westernized education mm-hmm. so whenever we study about theories we always hear about like western theorists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when i 
when I got here, it's the same. It's pretty much the same. So, mm-hmm. do you guys feel the same about that? Yeah, I would say it's pretty like Western centric, especially Euro centric. Honestly, um, yeah, I'm disappointed in the lack of diversity in our mm-hmm. curriculum. Honestly, yeah. Uh, when you said especially Euro centric, I think that's also uh, something to be noted because back home we have a very Anglo centric. Yeah. Uh, sort of curriculum and we don't hear of the same western theorists here it's very very french i would say the traditional french approach towards education is what's called the le course magistral if i'm pronouncing it right uh, where the idea is that the professor is somebody who stands in front of the class and disseminates knowledge and the students are supposed to like take notes and absorb that knowledge Is this something that you've experienced in your studies here? What was it like back home? Do you have a preference? I want to say our course is kind of unique, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much perspective we can actually give mm-hmm. to this question compared to um, a more traditional French school. I think our classes are very much project-based, so we mm-hmm. don't have this sort of on high authority. Well some of our classes we don't have this very high authority <laughs> dictating to us what we should know and that is good in some respects but also because it's very project based the responsibility to actually learn something heavily falls on us mm-hmm. and that can be a good or bad thing um so days where i'm just like you know what this coffee's not working i am not here i can just kind of coast through it and it's okay right and um Personally, I feel like I was kind of promised a project-based learning and like a hands-on learning, but um after I got here, I think the way I understand project-based learning and the way they are executing the so-called project-based learning has been a little different. What I see is them trying to actually achieve um collaborative learning like you know because every presentation we have is in groups and to be honest if that actually worked we might have like very valuable collaborative learnings mm-hmm. but right i guess my question was more about what is the professor student relationship and how is that different do you have contact with your professors um is the professor somebody who is unapproachable So what was it like back home and what's what's it like here? Back home, I mean, you can't really contact any professor that you want to talk uh-huh. with, you want to discuss with. Like it's very like uh hierarchical in mm-hmm. a sense that they're of uh high authority and we're just students. I mean, that's for like the general a uh, general culture of asian mm-hmm. academics i guess mm-hmm. but when i came here you can just sit down with the the founder of the school mm-hmm. the you know the professors the directors and you can contact them anytime which is surprising and uh very progressive i believe and i i'm loving that i'm loving that that you can just have any opportunity to discuss with anyone you want to I'm going to agree with Raven on that. Yeah, you really can just reach out to the professor yeah. and they'll actually talk to you and treat you like human beings. Although I did have one professor like I said hi <laughs> and he was just like, "Hello student, I used to teach." And I'm like, "You don't know my name. It's okay." <laughs> like, you don't have to make it awkward. But still, he, he we still had a good conversation after that. So, yeah, yeah. they are very open. So, back home, I've had experience with both Mm. I've been in an institution where you absolutely can't socialize in mm-hmm. a way with your professors. Mm-hmm. You can ask them for doubts, but there's no bonding of any sort. There's mm-hmm. you can't just go sit have lunch with them. Not mm-hmm. always, unless you know there might be this one twenty something old professor like straight out of college who's just started teaching you, and they're the only ones who'd be putting in efforts. But at the same time, I also had an experience where the professors used to just we used to have lunch together all the time, talk about all sorts of things, mm. and I see that happening here too at a much more larger scale. To be honest, like it's not seen as a new thing here; it's just what it is. Mm. But then, do you think that kind of interaction between the professors and the students is having some sort of effect on the? 
like the academic the academic aspects of you know things like is it having some sort of impact on how you relate with the academic content or the things that they teach you is it making you absorb things better is it so it's it isn't simply about whether or not i'm able to absorb academic content that's being thrown at me but it's also about the kind of environment that is being generated around me the kind of environment i'd like to be in where i feel heard you know there is a lack of hierarchical structures mm-hmm. which might actually put you into a box so i feel like i have more space to talk and i have more you know uh like a radar where i'm respected more mm-hmm. but then like more space to talk and be heard and then what is the point of it all like what is It's the benefit for my mental health <laughs> exactly. i'm going to i'm going to agree with ann on that i mean there is a level of uh being seen yeah. that you can see here that's not there perhaps back home uh but i did have better ac- academic mentorship back home which mm. i think yeah. is uh lacking very much i mean mm. i could reach out to professors but there's not the same kind of one on one uh mentorship that i accessed back home even if it was flawed even if it was um not complete in a sense i did have access to that which i don't have access to in france i think i think just by virtue of how the system is designed because so you think your lack of access to that is more of uh an issue of the system and not of uh you not finding somebody and reaching out to them for that mentorship it is also it is also a function of the uh, reason the reason is the system in a way because first of all office hours are not a thing yeah. and uh when you have office hours you go and you ask professors for doubts and like you ask them for questions and then some professors might end up being very um very helpful both academically and otherwise and then you will eventually establish a rapport with them and things go on from there but when you don't have a system that kind of like pushes you to go talk to your professors it completely completely falls on your shoulders to what are, what is uh, office hours i don't know what that is uh tiffany do you want to um office hours are just times that your professor says i will be in my office you can come and knock on the door and talk to me so example like if i have a morning class with the professor they might have office hours in the afternoon for a couple of hours so if i have a question i can go talk to them directly at that time cool so i have a question actually um do you feel that the reason why you're not able to uh you know form that mentor mentee bond mm-hmm. with anyone here is because you're an international student in some way i mean that's making me think but i wouldn't necessarily chalk it up to me being an international student what do others think i feel for me that i would identify more with a mentor from the same background mm-hmm. so definitely that affect that would affect my ability to find a mentor that i really 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 like But yeah, but I but that won't stop me from exploring, I guess. Right. So I hope we find a mentor soon because yeah. that's really important. Like that's, having that's a mentor this is really important. So no, your mentor doesn't you necessarily have to be from your field either. And you can have a lot of mentors. So what is the role of a mentor then? I just <laughs> want to know. Raven. So a mentor is essentially like someone who would uh show you the options show you the opportunities and guide you like about the decisions that you're making but it it's not necessary for you to follow the guidance that they're providing isn't that what parents are for <laughs> but what? the problem is our parents don't always have the range of no- the knowledge yeah. to be able to guide you to be able to provide you with the options professors and people who have been in the higher education sector for a while they know about it much more than our parents do um and i think that's why it's important to maybe establish a rapport with different kinds of professors see what all of them are doing and then eventually find the mentors that you vibe with yeah because uh, for example my mom is still in disbelief when i tell her about how targeted ads work on instagram and if even that is something that she gets amazed by there are a lot of things that are mm-hmm. going on in the practical 
world out there in the professional world out there that she might not be able to help me with so a mentor is supposed to help you with professional it doesn't always have to be just professional so what does it entail you're like, trying I to put mentor to in a box i'm saying that mentor might be everything that's outside the box and what is in the box and like it i'm not trying to put anyone in a box i'm just trying to a get a better understanding a mentor is not a career counselor let me put it that way yeah. you so think what you're is thinking a mentor? of a mentor like a career counselor if you have a, a question about anything in the academic world in the in your career whatever you want to pursue you go to that person and ask and maybe they can help you maybe they can't but that's basically what they're yeah, supposed to do they're supposed to make you feel like welcomed into the community and help you to find out what you want to do so basically a fairy godmother but academic <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a fair way of putting <laughs> yeah. it i think yeah. Yeah. yeah you could have just said it that way <laughs> in no, baby words because they they telling you they're giving you advice from their years of experience as an adult as someone who's gone through a similar journey for themselves so mm-hmm. it shouldn't it wouldn't have been like ideally the exact same path you took but at the same time they would have lived their life like a lot of other people a life that you're yet to live so it's about getting advice from there mm, yeah and i think it's much more difficult to establish that sort of a mentorship bond one thing i would say yeah. because like our professors don't stay here permanently uh-huh. yeah. i think that also creates a bit of distance yes. and we really have to rely on you know communicating with them like via email or text mm-hmm, or things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. and it does put a little bit of distance uh, over distance yeah. yeah but i i have heard that it's also pretty difficult in traditional university mm. yeah. uh settings even it in is. france so I think it's a very American idea of, you know, yeah. the friendly professor who's like, guys, what are you up to? I mean, no, actually, we have <laughs> no? in the American we don't have that. I think right. that's just a, a, a false image. We don't uh, really maybe that. that's the image that we get. That's like, a movie thing. That's a movie like, thing maybe. With, like 300 other students <laughs> in like auditoriums. We Ah, we right. Right, right. Got it. Yeah. So maybe okay. tiny schools. Yeah, but I also <laughs> feel like I was just looking back at my own experiences and I don't think that I've had the honor to call someone a mentor until I started working. Yeah. So like because the mentor I had when I started working, she was my first manager. She took me under her wing. She taught me everything I knew, but at the same time she always constantly pushed me to explore other things. Like mm-hmm. I'll forever be grateful to her because you know they have a lot of what I am today. It it goes to the way she has pushed me and encouraged me. Yeah. So that's also something a mentor is. I mean, even in. within the best of systems, it is pretty difficult yeah. to find a mentor that you vibe with. So, yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, what do you think of the assessment methods that you are being subject subjected to here in France? I mean, for me, it's been a high focus on projects and presentations, and much less time given to like reading we, and writing. Can we really answer that question yet? We actually haven't. technically been assessed, been assessed. Yeah. that is so true so i think like this is a question we cannot answer yet yeah but more broadly uh, what were the assessment methods that you were used to back home and how have uh, how has france been different i will say that i feel in american schools like you have lots of mini progress mm-hmm. and you know how you're doing like throughout right. the entire course it's not right. just like at the end where they just sort of pass or fail you mm-hmm. so example like if in the beginning you struggle a bit you can talk with your professor and then there's usually ways to like improve so you can pass the class and there's really kind of not that system in France mm-hmm. uh, like and I don't understand it and it makes me feel very anxious <laughs> well to be fair i feel like they don't give much emphasis on grades here in mm-hmm. France right. like i mean for masters specifically I don't believe that people will value grades as much as like we would back home. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Just just that. <laughs> mhm. Okay. So back home we were always having um exams. Ah, right. In the middle of the semester we would have a mid-semester exams and then before that we would have tests and you know like mini tests and quizzes. Mhm. And then the mid-semester exam and then after that a couple of mini tests as well and then we would have the final exam mm-hmm. and then at the beginning of the next semester you get all of your grades aggregated mm. right. and then you see like what you did you know but um 
Do you have a preference? <laughs> Do you have a preference? Um, I would prefer that, like, so I I don't know if you guys remember, but we had a, a class with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was cognition and psychology. Cognition yeah, yeah. and psychology, great. right? And then I put myself into two groups, and so I had to split my time working on two different right. projects. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes, and then, I remember. Yeah, and then after that, we had to... Um, oh, look, the consequences of your actions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we had to write um, a paper on, you know, the, the projects that we did. Uh-huh. And so I decided to combine the stuff that my mm-hmm. two groups worked on. One was on language acquisition, and then one was on natural pedagogy. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to just marry the subject and then come up with something from it and that to me is the closest i have come to like grad school assessment right yeah yes yeah i agree agree. that is the closest i have come since i got here i think i i also did expect more of a graduate school experience where you're like writing essays and yeah um you know synthesizing topics yes, yeah. based on different things that you've learned yeah. uh, I don't think that's been my experience and I think personally I learn better reading and writing rather than doing yeah I think so too I think so too and I actually realized this uh, during the last projects we had in um, AI for uh-huh. education uh-huh. so then we had to come up with like um, tools that would help students at Mm. make it a presentation and um one group uh they interviewed me and then they were asking me about you know what i think about the Uh program what the limitations and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then they actually made me realize that i would function better in like a a program that requires you to read and write you Mm, know because yeah. yeah like class it was the projects were stressful because both groups i was with i had some very high functioning people in there <laughs> and I am yes high functioning <laughs> that's the and I had to like keep up and it was um, <laughs> hey, Raven is Raven. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was um it was a lot of energy keeping up with them you know and applying my mental you know, skills and trying to come up with stuff. It's just, um, yeah, yeah. it was just the closest, really. Yeah. yeah, and again, even the group presentations that, like Adam pointed out, it ultimately came down to the people we paired up with. So this, again, I've had my fair share of uh, high-functioning people. And it was intense because I felt so overwhelmed. I felt like, Something that only required a five, maybe. Everybody there except me was giving like a 30. (laughs) (laughs) You're always giving a five. (laughs) (laughs) Negative five. I do do put in efforts for the thing because... (laughs) One's assignment was actually one of my favorite ones. Guys, I'd like to put a quick reminder that we're not giving names. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, that that was the only assignment that I really, really liked because it helped me synthesize something in my own experience because yeah. I the topic I had taken up was fathers in attachment theory. And I pointed out that, you know, a lot of these theories are spoken from a very typically white perspective. And I because I found I find a lot of, you know, dissimilarities between the way I was raised in a brown family and like what's been defined in the paper and then for my commentary I took up papers written by people from my country and you know elaborated on that and how things were different and Mm -hmm. I I drew experiences from my own upbringing like my relationship with my father what kind of attachments we have so that is something that I would love to do more yeah Raven what do you think for me, I enjoy like projects mm-hmm. and group works a lot, so it's not it's not a problem for me, and I really enjoy like making presentations. Of course, it's just, <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, yeah, it's just the it's just when uh, I know that it's always affected by the quality of groupmates you have, mm-hmm. the kind of environment you have, and of course like the time given to you. Which, yeah, and if you're actually interested in the topic. But given the perfect uh, setup, 
I would thrive in a project-based environment, I know. I agree. Uh-huh. I'm with Raven. I really like project-based learning. And I also agree that some people can be a little high-strung um, yes. in our group. <laughs> um, or, so. Okay, I think we're a 50-50 on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to the next question. There seems to be a strong focus on sustainability... Um, you know, saving the environment and all of that in general in France and also in particular in the higher education curricula. Uh, have you experienced this in your studies here? Uh, do you have any thoughts on how this is implemented? First of all, mm-hmm. no. uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God, it's gonna come. <laughs> no, seriously, first of all, if we start talking about sustainability and all of these things, I feel like the people that are broadcasting the gospel of sustainability mm-hmm. uh-huh. need to first check their houses. They need to check <laughs> themselves first. Like, for instance, there are loads and loads of second-hand electronic goods that are being shipped to Africa. Mm. Answer the question and, and then we can come to this. I mean, I feel like this is all a part of okay. the answer because yeah. they everywhere you pass they are like literally chasing you with sustainability mm, yeah and the crazy thing is that before white people uh-huh. set out to civilize the rest of the world these are some practices that we already did mm-hmm. like for instance i saw something online like some weeks ago i shared it with my cousin and it was like um some uh, white man and his wife had uh invented and invented is in you know uh, quotation marks yeah. and invented a way of uh, keeping their food stuff fresh without using electricity and what is it they dug a hole into the ground <laughs> it's crazy they dug a hole into the ground and then like they, they insulated like it's, it's this are is you, something are you shitting me I am I. oh no, my this god this is that I, underground fridge right it's, yeah it, exactly but it's yeah. crazy that this thing has been in practice where I come from for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's like, very cool. It's been in practice in India as well. Yeah, we have them in Japan too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And these white people are saying, like, they've invented a sustainable refrigeration. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It is. Guys, I'm, I'm really scared about other people listening to us now. No, no seriously. I don't want to get deported. <laughs> They cannot deport us for this. This is France. Like, we will have a revolution, whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's... Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's just... I feel like they're just doing a reverse uno uh-huh, on people from uh-huh, third world uh-huh, countries because, uh-huh. like, we come around and we shit on your practices and, like, a couple of hundred years later, we're like, gotcha, that's the real thing to do. I'm like, bro, what is this? You know? <laughs> No, but talk about how it's so intensely integrated into the curriculum. Why don't you talk about it? I feel like it's just a way for people that are in charge of creating the curriculum or in charge of making change. It's just a way for them to compensate uh, for the, the things they feel they have done wrong. It's just a way for them to feel better about themselves. Because exactly. I feel like the people that are able to make change are rich people, right? And then they are the ones that are majorly responsible for the global crisis that we're facing right now. You cannot blame global warming on somebody choosing to have a hot shower in somewhere one day. It is like, yeah, it is It is not one person. It's just the people in power, the oil companies, the um, plastic companies. You know, it's these people that are causing what we are, we are facing and like leading us where we are going right now. And they are the ones that are in charge in a, to a large extent of like the things that the information that is sent out, the courses that we study in school and all of these things, like in a, in a huge way, they, they decide that. So I feel like it's just a way for them to feel better about themselves. Okay. Just, yeah. But Raven, do you have anything to say about this? Well, what I want to say is like uh, when talking about sustainability, I feel like we should also talk about intersectionality mm-hmm. and like how socioeconomic classes would affect your view on sustainability. And that is present in the curriculum here or no? Yeah, it's not. It's mm-hmm. not in the curriculum. Like, it's just when you're here in France, it's like they deny the existence of... I mean, it's it's like I the... What do you call this? I see no color. Mm-hmm. It argument. is a government's policy. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I feel like, yeah, we should talk about like how socioeconomic classes could affect your view on sustainability. Like, you can't tell people to not, uh, to not, to not buy plastic or to not buy sachets yeah. when, for example, back home in the Philippines, that's only what people can afford. Yeah. So I think that's really important uh, thing to include in the conversation of sustainability here in France. Yeah. This reminds me of a project that we uh, worked on where we had to come up with a campaign uh, to ensure people picked up more sustainable clothing purchase practices. And the idea was to get people to buy clothes that were linen or that were uh, not polyester, for instance, purely cotton. And uh, when when questioned about what what can people actually afford it, you know, why are we pushing people to buy things that they can't really afford or buy secondhand because it's the it's the fashionable thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the more sustainable thing to do. Uh, Tiffany, do you have anything to say on this? Uh, about sustainability mm-hmm. in France? Um, Go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have a lot to say about it. I think Adam has a really great point that basically, yeah, basically they shit on other countries and when they're, uh, how do I say this? Like PC wise, um, <laughs> just say it. They should they should practice what they preach. Essentially, uh-huh. is what I yeah. want to say. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sort of fake massage massage what <laughs> facade <laughs> massage. Yes, there's a lot of fake facade about sustainability, and they just want the tax credits. And it's right. Um, yeah. In terms of the curriculum. I think it's very like shoved down our throats, but again, not actually practiced. Yeah. But one thing I will say, there are some programs in France that are really quite good mm-hmm. that are surprising. So like food waste is a big thing. Um, and there are several programs that are doing stuff about it. So I applaud that. Um, compared to like coming from Japan where they have a lot of food waste and they don't really address it. And also a lot of like plastic wrapping everything is in plastic that's that's what it's like here too right literally everything like is less in plastic. so i feel for me i feel like it's less so oh my god okay because like, well because like shampoo i'm not shitting on japan no i'm not shitting on japan but like so example everything is a very like shared culture so it's like you buy like you know a, a bag of whatever and inside are like mini bags so mm-hmm. that you can share with people and it's like this isn't necessary yeah. this is so much extra plastic yeah why are we doing this I see the mini bags thing happening here too. Like you have a but pack mostly, of waffles and each waffle comes in its own pack. Yeah, stuff like that. But I've, again, if you look, there's not as many French brands doing that. Okay. Okay. So okay. I will give them props for that, but only for that. Okay. It's about to get risky tonight. I don't usually drink, but I'm holding up a cup. I could do a little whiskey tonight. Come on, tell me, are you with me tonight? Nobody said giddy, giddy, you be vibes. Open up a bottle, get a drink with some ice. Everybody acting up tight. Well, I'ma take a couple more bottles home with me tonight. Get lit with me right now. Now she telling me stuff like I'm a mom. Cause she taking a shot, another one. Now we hitting it off. Yeah, we hitting it off. Now she thinking I love her, whatever I done Cause she be telling me stuff like I'm a mom Now we hitting it up, rap, 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 rap Yeah, we hitting it up, rap, 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 rap If I'm doing the math, I only got one hour till you're sober I'm not really trying to take advantage, I just wanna get to know you And I know that we can blame it on the alcohol You ain't said a word when you wasn't drunk before And I know you needed somebody to hear you out All the negative drama, you gotta clear it out Cause we gon' have a ball Now she telling me stuff like I'm a mom Cause she taking a shot, another one Now we hitting it off, rap, 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 rap. Yeah, we hitting it up, Now she thinking I love her, whatever I done. Cause she be telling me stuff like I'm a mom. Now we hitting it up, rap, rap, rap.
Okay guys, so for this week's tip uh, for survival, there is an organization called Linky that gives food to um, students. L-I-N-K-E-E, you could just a quick Google search. We'll include a link in the description of the podcast and you just sign up with your uh, student ID and your email and you get to pick up bags of fruits, vegetables, uh, a lot of things really that are going to help you save money and all of us go guys so yeah we go all the time so please please we're broke every single one of us goes and it's really useful it's very very useful i haven't bought groceries in two weeks look i haven't bought groceries in a month (laughs) 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 they give you so much stuff so you just sign up for the student id you show up and then they give you stuff so uh yeah make use of it guys okay um i just want to piggyback of uh what Raven was talking about intersectionality not being a huge thing. Um, I can also see that there's a huge psychology bent to most of the courses, not just in our course, but in universities in general. You know, psychology and cognitive science is France's thing. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is not much of a difference between the humanities and social sciences and what we call the positive sciences, psychology, cognitive science. Um have you seen that in your in the course of your studies here? Do you think that there, there are pros and cons to this? Um, sorry, I'm going to go yeah. first. Yeah. Well, I feel like there is a lot to be done for diversity and inclusivity and mm-hmm. all of the ETs. There is like a lot to be done when it comes to uh, that in the educational mm-hmm. sector because um, I'm just going to use a couple of our classes that we've had as examples. I mm-hmm. mean, we're not going to name names, but there have been classes where, you know, certain statements have been yeah. passed that did not really reflect a thorough understanding of diversity, inclusivity, and being generally respectful to other um, minorities or other cultures. It's just an insensitivity to these things because they are people are not... Um, generally exposed to like um i don't know these yes. things i feel like there's a huge gap that needs to be filled yeah in yeah. you know because frank i'm sorry france whether they like it or not is a very um is it cosmopolitan we're like many people from all works of yeah paris. Cosmopolitan. Paris cosmopolitan. cosmopolitan good paris is very cosmopolitan and i feel like even the tiniest of cities in france are like cosmopolitan with the history of colonization bringing people and stuff like that so i feel like there is a lot that needs to be done but i feel like the root of that problem comes from the government where they say we don't see color and don't account for like minorities and races and differences in cultures but like, that, that's just me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh any others have any ideas on because um in one of our classes there was I got the impression that they were trying to find scientific explanations to how social um, differences play out, social identities play out, and how inequalities uh, play out in society. And uh, I was particularly slightly disturbed by that. And I think some others shared the sentiment back then, if you have anything to say about that. Yeah, I just feel like justifying racism, for example, as... Mm -hmm. uh, as a person's innate innate tendency to what do you call this to other towards yeah gravities towards yeah. Other people of the same color is not it it's just what about the years of oppression what about the years of slavery what happened to that it, it can't be justified by psychology yeah it can't be justified by social psychology right so that yeah that, was that the, class was such it was such a trip, man. There were so many things in that class that were <laughs> disturbing in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the psychologization. Of also, like hearing words such as Oriental in class, it's not uh, it. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. Yeah. Okay, last question, guys. Last question. <laughs> How easy or not is it to access therapy as a student in France? Um, in the United States, for instance, I have heard it's much easier. I've heard 
from friends that it's so much easier to access therapy in india i mean it's largely unheard of except for in some institutes where you have some watered down version of you know oh mental health unit <laughs> uh but what's your experience been like here what have you heard of so when it comes to mental health i feel back home in both the institutions i've been to both had a uh, set up like a mental health unit like you said one mm-hmm. was a very dummy mental health unit mm-hmm. the other one had like were training students to be you know uh, to be active part of peer support mm-hmm. but to be honest i found that idea so stupid because at no level can they be trained professionals with like just attending seminars for 6 weeks and i remember this one time during my masters i was going through a really really vulnerable time and i've actually not said this out loud to anybody shit <laughs> <laughs> it's going on in the world baby <laughs> but i had this moment where i called up one of the peer support people they're all students okay. who are being trained by the mental health unit of the university and and uh, i texted them saying can i talk because i want to process some things and that was literally what they were trained to do and all the person said is hey you know what i have a presentation tomorrow can i get back to you after that wow and that sort of completely you know yeah took away any f- sort of trust i had in the system and in france as an international student i feel like the biggest struggle is to find an english speaking therapist right Mm-mm. but yeah. moreover my experiences in therapy like of the couple of therapists I've been to mm-hmm. is that context is so important right if your therapist has a similar context or background as you it's it's so much simpler because you don't have to explain a lot of things mm-hmm. like i found a therapist who had a similar family background as mine you know like a, a culture wise religion language everything and i said hey you know what my mom did this shit and she got it like because it's this <laughs> just like a cultural thing yeah but for like um mental health resources in i don't know about other schools uh-huh but for our school there really isn't a dedicated a dedicated unit but shout out to mm-hmm. she's the real mvp i know she, she is, is. She she is. is. so cool i remember one time i sent an email to her that um you know one of my friends needs um Mm-hmm. someone to speak to and so um if she could uh, recommend like if someone to talk to or something and then she actually sent a pdf of like resources that are available to students in right. paris she sent it to me and then she sent a broadcast to the students yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent it to everyone. yeah yeah that was the day i asked and she sent it to me and sent it to everyone else that if you need help just you yeah. know reach out to these people i feel like there are a lot of um free and mm-hmm. available resources to students if you know where yeah. to look. I was fortunate enough to also be given another list by um Linky the right. yeah, yeah. the student organization the student organization yeah. a yeah. list of free um resources which I haven't tried yet but I should during mm-hmm. the Christmas. But anyway, it's, it's generally I don't feel like there's a lot of interest in these things by schools, but there are organizations that are filling their gaps. So. Right. Yeah. Raven Speaking of free stuff, they give a lot of free stuff for students, which I like. It's something that I want to emphasize because I love free stuff. And <laughs> as a student in France, you get a lot of benefits, so I feel like it's it's helping with the mental health, you guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I I really want to like end with this one question. Um you know, being under 26 and being a student seems to be the perfect sort of a combination of circumstances to reside in France uh, has this benefited you in what ways has this benefited you do you like this about France um so i want to go first i actually turned 26 a month and a mm-hmm. half ago and when i first moved to France my biggest fear was that i'd have to pay a lot of money for my navigo card mm-hmm. and because if you're under 26 you can get the yearly pass for 350 euros and since i got my card on the 1st of october even though i turned 26 a month later for the whole year i got it for 350 euros so 
that was like a huge win for me like a mm-hmm. big w i will say as someone who is over 26 already it sucks <laughs> if you're not 26 i know i know you lose so many benefits <laughs> <sighs> so come study while you're young guys cuz france doesn't give a shit once you're over 26 yeah i mean the number 26 does seem a bit arbitrary right Mm-mm. i mean i i think it's like uh, trying to gauge the end of your um puberty Right. But yeah. shouldn't that be 25? Like I mean like midway 26 seems I mean 25 is like the end but then yeah. 26 they give you an extra year to settle well, into adulthood. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. I didn't know that. They, they changed really? the law a few years ago. I was talking to someone else about it. So they changed the law and lowered it so that they could basically save money. Oh wow. Okay. okay. And also encourage uh people to take up education earlier on, I think. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Do, I think like they do have programs for people who are who have already had a career and who are returning, but mm-hmm. again the criteria for it's very strict like you have to have worked for a certain number of years right. in the French system yeah. before you right. can benefit from them. Mm. So it's not great for people who are coming from abroad. Mm-hmm. I guess for me my favorite one like the benefit is the number of organizations that we ha- that they have that give free stuff like food, clothes, you can just bring your bag and you can get a lot of like grocery items that you can actually use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like pork, bread, milk. I like it, you guys. I've been enjoying it so much. They have yeah. one raven they bought her with I food. Know. <laughs> I know. I mean generally there seems to be a strong a sense of student solidarity yeah yeah uh in france generally which is a good thing but i don't really uh see the university or the institute being just as much as just as much of a political space as it is maybe in uh, other countries not necessarily in my old university but in general what do you think um uh i believe that um you know for people in the west education signifies something different mm-hmm. than for people in other parts of the world mm-hmm. like back home getting an education is more of a privilege than um like a how was the other word for like the antonym for a privilege like something that you just have to do back obligation home uh, yeah yeah like something that's normal something that's normal yeah mm-hmm. like you it doesn't just fall into your lap and mm-hmm. then you have it mm-hmm. you actually have to work for it your families have to put in some effort you have to you know want it but over here it's like oh it's there take it or leave it you know like mm-hmm. tertiary education is literally like okay almost completely free mm-hmm. yeah. for locals and for people from european uh Euro- the european union so it's it it signifies two completely different things for us and i believe that over here there is more of an emphasis on you can make it without school you can do things look at mark zuckerberg look at bill gates or whoever like the i think those are very bad examples neither one of them grew up poor <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean generally the the idea yeah. is that you you can you can make it without going to college or going to university in france you mean yeah. i mean in the west in the west yes yes but back home like from childhood it's drummed into your head yeah. that to make something out of yourself you need to finish secondary school go to university get a good job maybe get a masters and then get a better paying job and that's the only way to like yeah. climb your way out I think the masters home. is also become obligatory back home yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. but over here it's like it's a choice you know mm. you make it or you don't and so it cannot be the same thing that it was back home for us it's just not possible really mhm what about you know just thinking of the university as a place for change others any 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 ideas i feel like my undergrad i was in a very political campus mm-hmm. in the capital of the country and because everyone was out for blood every day over something or the other but then i've also been in a space where there has been absolutely no political activity or forbidden Mm-hmm. from any political activity you can try to bring social change but it has to be outside of any sort of politics mm-hmm. but then here i i don't know if it's because i am not deep into the system like i am not deep 
around French classmates alone, but it's more of like an international environment with like students from a lot of different countries. But I don't see that intensity of like a political climate, mm -hmm. at least not at our institution. Raven. Yeah, same. So I came, I come from like a very activist university and coming here, they're like tiptoeing around these issues. Like they don't exist, which is very weird to me. So yeah, I guess like that's also what I feel like be uh, became an obligation for me to kind of like nudge people into uh, opening discussions about this. So yeah, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, I think like over here, people pretend like these things don't exist. And I know that I've become that guy of our class, the guy that always brings up the the politically correct aspects to things mm -hmm. where like things you say and try to hold people accountable for things you say. No, I mean, good on you for doing that. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone has to do it and I will do it. You know, the microaggressions and the, the it's it's a lot like I, I was saying at first, there is a lot of room for education on, you know, these things. And yeah, I will try to educate as many people as I can. Even if the system or the space doesn't allow for it um you have to make space really yeah okay yeah. you have to make space there's no way around it mm -hmm. you have to make your own space otherwise they're just not going to allow you i mean you should be familiar with france by now they're always saying say c'est impossible but then you always find a way around it yeah they do yeah you always find a way around it. yeah there's always a way around it so it's yeah but unfortunately yeah the onus is on us to make yeah. that space, mm -hmm. it won't ever be made for us by someone else. I mean, or that's a life. If you don't advocate for yourself, no one else will. That's true. That's true. Okay, uh, it has ended on a slightly bleak note, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for joining this conversation. Um, we have talked about some pretty deep stuff, um, but I think these are conversations that need to be had. And thank you so much for your inputs and. Everyone, for everyone listening, see you soon in the next episode.